Hey, hey, hey out there, everybody. Welcome to the crossover. I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. There's so many of us. I wasn't sure who was supposed to go next. Yeah, and I'm Danny. I was going to point, too, and I completely forgot to point. I was like, oh, well. It's okay. My deep involvement was trying to decide what it should be. Is this General Squirtery or Fried Nerds? I think it's Fried Nerds. (laughs) All things considered, yeah. I think it's going to have to be Fried Nerds. I mean, we've crossed over before, but when was the last time? It's been a while. Did we cross over Bubba Hotep, or did I just come over for that one? one For that one. Was it Swamp Thing? Was that? Swamp Thing was before we even launched General Nerdery. Swamp Thing was our backdoor pilot. Swamp Thing. So is this maybe the first official crossover? This is the first time we've done the same episode for both things. Really, we're it's just, just let's make the editor's life easier. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to this week's Fried Squirms slash General Nerdery. And we're here to get stoned and nerd out on things? <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan this well. <laughs> Well, because normally it's like we're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies, or this is the podcast about things we like, but... It's a little bit of both. I mean, Get stoned and like things! Yeah. yeah, I'm all for that. So to start it off, because it's how we got to start it if we're going to be getting stoned, we got to get to our green hits. Danny, what is these J's that you brought for us today? All right, so this is a strain I've brought over before, but I went over to Flower, picked up the Lemon Lava strain. And for those who are unfamiliar, it is a sativa-dominant hybrid, usually about a 60-40 split. Now, it is crossed using lemon heads and the lava cake strains. For those also curious, the flavors on this, you're going to get mostly citrus, you know, fruity, lemon, sour, sweet notes. Aromas are roughly the same. Uh, THC over at Flower comes in roughly about 24% uh, terpene-wise. Most notably, you're going to recognize like the myrcene, the limonene, pinene, some caryophyllene, and some linalool as well. So it's, like I said, with the indica side, you'll get those humulene and linalool, which is very calming, mm-hmm. and the pinene and limonene mostly for the sativa. So it's nice balance. Hell yeah. I'm not going to do the normal spiel after that. What I'm going to say is while we sit here and start to get stoned, let's talk about what we've been ingesting. I mean, first off, I'm going to say... I'm not going to go too far into a couple of mine this week (laughs) because we're actually going to finish the month talking about it over on Fried Squirms since our recording schedule is also going to be weird. So spoiler alert, like one of our last episodes this month is going to be a catch up on everything that dropped this month since there's a shit ton of it. That's Yeah, this is the month that's a busy month for you, isn't it? (laughs) Well, normally there's not this many releases, I feel no, like. not at once. Not like this. Like, usually there's one or two that are set to drop around Halloween, but it's not like... Is it just up. catching up after COVID? Or, I mean, after, quote-unquote? I think it's more just like, we lucked out this year, and there's a lot of things that we're actually into that are dropping. Yeah, I think that's... Across movie and TV, rather than... Yeah, It's usually it's, just one or two movies to look out for. It seems like it's more coincidental this time of year, or at least this, you know, year this in year. particular. Yeah. So, like, I'll start this off just because I was saying that already. Like, watch the new Hellraiser. Not going to go into it too far. Fucking dug it. That's my short version. Okay. I thought it was really good. The new Cinnabites are fucking rad. Is this a continuation of the old stuff, or is it a reap, or is it... It's, um... I don't know how tied the Hellraiser... Or is so 
it's a reboot, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a different universe. It is. There's not a lot that is saying in it, though, that the earlier story didn't happen, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like the second Ghost Rider movie where it's not a sequel, but it is. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I would count it more as in, like, reboot territory, but, like, there's nothing in it that's, like, the first one couldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. Is the best way to put it, I guess? I don't know. Even the first two, because, honestly, they bring in some shit, and you're like, (gasps) that looks just like it. (laughs) I mean, that's not a spoiler. That's in the trailer. Leviathan looks just like Leviathan. But watched Werewolf by Night. I think I'm doing that tonight. It's fucking great. (laughs) Man thing looks amazing. Yeah. Well, it's man thing, so I just got to put a giant man thing on my screen all night. It was great. <laughs> Not only is it fun comics, but it's also the best dick joke in the history of comic books. So good. Such a good dick joke. And oh, I wasn't planning on watching this, but then Marge wanted to, and I wasn't against it, so I watched Hocus Pocus too. Nice. It's fine. We will probably watch that soon. CC's a big Hocus Pocus fan. It's fine. It's good. Like, I laughed. I didn't di- I didn't not enjoy any part of it. It just also, I was like, I liked the first one. I'm not crazy for the first one like a lot of people are. That's, yeah. The first one's exactly how you described it. It's fine. And this one's the same. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like new effects and stuff so like there's some cool stuff and there's some funny little gags and it's got doug jones i will be happy yeah (laughs) doug jones is great in it honestly uh sarah jessica parker i thought was the best of the returning sanderson sisters because she didn't feel like she was having to try to go back into that role i do feel like the other two were like it's not that they weren't doing a good job it just felt like they were putting it on a little bit more Mm -hmm. whereas she felt a little bit more natural so that's good to hear well, if I remember, her character was kind of ethereal and vapid. Yes. So it's well, it's, it's yeah. not terribly difficult to be like, act kind of confused and cute. Yeah. She did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> she did a good job. And like all the new kids are fucking fantastic and shit. So that's great. God, I felt like there was one other like horror thing that I, what all came out? What's already out? Did I watch everything that's already out? No, because they started dropping the GDT stuff, yeah, didn't I they? Like, I haven't watched any of that yet. Out. That's going to be next up, that along with whenever Halloween drops, which is in, what, like a week or something like that? Yeah, this coming Friday. So other than that, I've just been, uh, I was going to start Deathloop, which I think I mentioned last episode, and then when I went to fire it up, I was like, I started Outer Worlds earlier this year and really liked it, and would really like to finish it so that I could also delete it off of my hard drive think I'm going to do that first. So I am jump back in on Outer Worlds and I don't know. I mean, this being the the time of the season and shit, like I also have just been ingesting a lot of the latest Acid Witch album because they're Halloween metal and it's fucking phenomenal. I was turned on to those guys by friend of the show Donnie just last week. I know I was telling you about it some yeah. fucking sort of stoner doom metal a um, little bit of black metal influence, but it's all just super corny, occulty. Some of it is quote unquote serious, but you sort of take the vibe of the entire album and you realize they know what they're doing is pretty fucking corny. And I'm pretty sure one of the songs is completely just ragging on Tommy knockers. So 
<laughs> it was fun. I think that's been it for me, though. Oh, and I've, oh, and uh, being kept caught up on House of the Dragon, which is amazing. Like, I didn't think I was going to like the show as much as I did, but. Yeah. Like, I think we might know who won an Emmy this year for Best Acting, because Patty Considine has been just destroyed. Last episode, fucking masterclass, which is ridiculous to think about when the guy we're talking about was one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz. That's funny, dude. Who were the Andes? Yeah, that's funny. I'll I'll bring up a picture of them. You'll okay. Be like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Hot Fuzz, but I haven't watched it in several years. It's on that kind of eternal list of like, oh, that was fucking great. I should watch that again. The oh, guy on the okay. right, huh? Probably is going to win an Emmy this year. Good for him, because he just fucking destroyed all this season. With the last episode was fucking breathtaking. His performance. So that's what I got. Nice, Danny. Anything fun? Let's see, uh, being that it is, you know, almost Halloween season, as far as things I've been ingesting, I finished reading Stephen King's Pet Cemetery not long ago. Oh, nice. So, oh, yeah, how is actually reading it? I will say this, as far as Mary Lambert's, her version back in the 80s, 89, very similar to the novel. Like, it follows it pretty well. There's a few characters and some things that happen subplot-wise that, you know, of course, are different in the novel compared to the movie or vice versa. Well, I think people that don't even that don't even know the novel know that the real ver- I mean the new version differs. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I mean even with that with the with the two versions of the films there's differences, but there's slight differences between Mary Lambert and Stephen King's comparatively. Okay. Yeah. So I would recommend it if you're just a fan and you haven't read the story before and cuz it ties into this episode when reading it. Would you hear Fred Fred, Gwynn's uh, voice? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. So that's already a tie-in there. I also finished, we were talking about Bubba Hotep. Well, John Dies at the End, directed Mm -hmm. by Don Coscarelli. Read the the sequel to that prior to Pet Cemetery. This book is full of spiders. Oh, right. Yeah, so if you've read, or if you're just a fan of John Dies at the End, I'd recommend continuing. That dude is the master at titles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy that. As far as like media, I told you I watched a Shinya Sukamoto in a Takashi Mige film, Detective Story yeah. and Nightmare Detective. They're nice to have seen if you were trying to like fill out the rest of the films and their filmography. I'd recommend it if you're already a fan. If you're not, you probably won't like it. So I've seen that. Um, I mean, as, as far as that goes, maybe as far as music goes, more of a recommendation more so than an ingestion, even though I've ingested in the past, is uh, Rocky Erickson in the 13th Floor Elevators, mostly because he is the pioneer of what they consider like horror rock mm, mm-hmm. and psychedelic rock. So a lot of his songs are kind of themed around old horror films, like I Walk With a Zombie and things like oh, that. Shit, yeah, 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 so yeah, he likes to use like universal monsters and whatnot in his lyrics. So uh, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Hell yeah. God, most of my stuff has been kind of repeat, you know, still Lower Deck, still She-Hulk, which, have you watched any She-Hulk no. or just... I'm still making my way up to it. The only thing Marvel I have done out of order so far is Werewolf by Night. Fair enough. I didn't want this most recent episode of She-Hulk to be the best She-Hulk episode yet, because, like, the way they were advertising the show was, by the way, Daredevil's gonna show up in it, 
and I didn't like how their advertising was upstaging She-Hulk. Yeah. But also, it really was the best episode <laughs> so far, and I just desperately need a continuing, ongoing, shulky, daredevil, like, comic, TV show, I don't give a fuck how. Those two as superhero lawyers together, and also just the chemistry that Tatiana Masley and, um, oh, I can't think of his name, but the guy uh, who played Daredevil. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox had was extremely good. Hell yeah. Other than that, oh, I read... The Daughters of the Dragon miniseries created by Jed McKay. Jed McKay, we've talked about a lot over on New Byland because he wrote Death of Doctor Strange and he's writing Mm -hmm. Moon Knight. He's a comic book writer that came out of fucking nowhere and is just knocking out of the park with everything he's doing right now. And Daughters of the Dragon are Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. So Misty Knight being the cop from the Luke Cage show that ends up with the robot arm mm-hmm. and Colleen Wing being the actually interesting character in Iron Fist, if you watched that show. And it's them being just chaotic, possibly gay duo. Okay. Like, they're just super in love with each other. And you know the friends that are so in love with each other that you're, like, not sure where the line between platonic <laughs> and romantic is, and you're just like, yeah, okay. you too. It's those two doing it, except, like, Black exploitation and kung fu movie mixed in. It's his weakest work that I've read of Jed McKay, but it's still really fucking fun and really fucking good. So like, solid B at the worst. Oh yeah, I remember one other thing I just started, and I want to bring it up just because Danny, I know you actually follow the sport, and I know nothing about it. <laughs> Oh, God, what's... I don't even remember the name of the show. Maybe... Fuck. Uh, have you guys uh, seen the Rexham? one? Yeah, the Wrexham okay, one. Yeah. The one I've heard about it. I haven't watched it, but I'm familiar. That's the... the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney bought a fucking club. Yeah, that's pretty wild. They bought Wrexham, and they're making a documentary about them trying to get promoted, basically, because, like, they've been down at the fucking fifth tier... Yeah, they're that's... they're doing fucking Ted Lasso as a documentary, like a real life documentary. Kind <laughs> of, except they're starting way lower. Okay, fair enough. Who was it? Um, I don't think off mic, but maybe Tyler and myself. But I don't know if we have. Well, it's two brothers. One of them's like um, written some pretty successful novels. Uh, the other one's more of like a blogger. It does a lot of vlogging, whatnot. Oh, what, the Greens? Yeah. Um, oh, my wife watches those guys religiously. So one of the brothers was playing, like, FIFA and was playing with uh, Wimbledon AFC and just giving these players, like, fake backstories, just mm-hmm. while he's streaming, just for mm-hmm. shits and giggles, you know. And he was getting money, you know, as a part of the stream, and he was just kicking it back eventually to the club because they were going through financial struggles and pretty much were folding as a club, and they had been around for long time in England. So because of his streaming, because of the effort and whatnot put into it and all the money that was being donated to his stream, he helped pretty much save that club from, from wow. folding. Yeah. So at least one of those guys is interesting. local. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him in the store a couple of times. That's yeah. CC's wild. had a conversation with his son about what their favorite dinosaurs are. So um, <laughs> that's pretty neat. Oh man. Thinking, yeah. That Wrexham show actually, sorry, but just no, no, like, it's actually really engrossing. Like I generally don't care much about soccer. Marge generally doesn't care about sports at all. And we were both super sucked yeah. in last night. And I, that's part of the reason why I'm missing sleep is because it was just like, <laughs> all right, one more episode. I know, okay, I, One more episode. I could see how the appeal of that one, 
I think for 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 those who are like uninitiated, quote unquote, is with like club soccer, because they're not necessarily always in lar- larger cities. They're sometimes just in towns. Yeah, that so is like the big deal. That's one of the big takeaways I took from it. Yeah, being down at the lowest level, which is where they are starting in this show, some of these pro players, I might be making more than. Oh dear. Yeah, just like like these guys. are like, just like normal dudes almost mm-hmm. that just really, really, really mean a lot to that town. It's, it's really fucking yeah, yeah. It, it does kind of give like a certain. I, I guess you become endeared to that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. if you become a fan. It's, it's yeah, it's fucking insane so far though. Like I can't believe like how engrossing it really is. But also just having Rob and Ryan like mixed up with it. And them getting to make all of their quips about everything makes it just ten times better because they're just both legitimately funny people. So I've heard some good things about it. Thinking of Ryan Reynolds, and this isn't usually the thing we discuss on our podcast, but it just blew me away. Have you been seeing the fucking clickbait of the interview TJ Miller did about how Ryan Reynolds hates him? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I saw that pop up a couple he's times. Like, yeah, I won't be on Deadpool three. I won't work with him again. I'm like, I don't think that one's yeah. your choice, big guy. I don't think anybody <laughs> asked you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't think anyone asked you. I mean, we didn't talk about that though, but we are getting Deadpool three, and I'm so excited. Yeah, with Jackman. Yeah, with Jackman, which makes sense in hindsight, considering how much those two fuck around with each other online, but. And I'm sure the amount of money that they're offering Hugh Jackman, like, yeah. people keep being like, but what about continuity? One, we've got a whole multiverse thing already set up. And two, since one of the X-Men movies ever given a fuck about continuity? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think they I want to say they actually had a response like set up for that. And, it's years before Logan or something. Right, like well, that. It, like, it's, it's like Logan takes place in 2029, I think is what mm-hmm. they said, so. Oh, there's so many ways to work around it. I just was like, no, man, we're so far past continuity of the Logan character. Yeah. But yeah, also, if you want Ted Lasso, but a documentary, but also it's not Ted Lasso. No. But like, it's kind of weirdly close. Check it out. They made fun of this on Ted Lasso, so. (laughs) Also slowly learning more about the game, or at least I guess how the league's set up. Which is interesting all on its own, because I'm way used to fucking American football, where there is no promotion or relegation, which, honestly, Ted Lasso first taught me about, but I didn't realize there was five fucking levels to that shit. Oh, man, I knew there were levels beneath what they were doing. I didn't realize there's... Huh. So the pay jump you get in between each level has got to be pretty significant, then. Oh, yeah, it's massive. Not only that, it's like the sponsorship, the television deals, Uh all kinds of stuff, yeah. You go from making like 30 grand a year to obviously millions a year. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. (laughs) Ooh, that's stressful. It's also weird just getting to see like what kind of influence the right kind of owner can have because they convince a guy to like drop two tiers to come play for them. That's a huge pay cut. Jesus Christ. I mean, make some of that sweet FX money probably didn't hurt, but... But still, yeah. Anyway, that's what I got. Sorry, I had to bring it up because I was like, oh, Danny actually knows some about this sport. I yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the... Sorry, this is one... It was also just kind of weirdly neat. Their field... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what they call it. The race course 
is the oldest still being used international field. Wow. That's pretty neat. I could see wanting to preserve that. Yeah. I mean, it's a historical at a point. Yeah. It's pretty neat. So, yeah, that's what I got. I guess at this point, we're going to go into guts and bolts. We have planned this out, but we were like, we're going to do a crossover. Let's find out. <laughs> no, actually, it's even worse than that. We specifically said we should talk before the episode and figure it out. And then we just didn't. <laughs> I mean, we said what the order of things we were okay, going to fair do. Enough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not judging. I'm at least as bad in this. but I think that's more than we did the last time you were on. Yeah, fair. Guts yeah. and bolts. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts. Who and what went in the making of the monsters? Spoiler free. In case you don't know what you're going to get. It's a prequel to the monsters. Kind of. And you get to see how Herman got with Lily. Like, that's kind of spoilers, but that's also everything that was in the trailer. So, yeah. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Of course, we do like to talk about the cast and crew from week to week. And this week, we do have a director we've talked about several times before, and I'm talking about Rob Zombie. Now, we talked about him way back on episode 38 for House of 1000 Corpses. We also talked about him on episode 130 for The Devil's Rejects. We did a mini-episode when you and I went to Kalispell to go see mm -hmm. Three from Hell, so that was episode 131 and a half. A few other things of note from him, I guess, what, like 31? Yeah, 31... Uh, <laughs> the I, I haunted world of El Superbisto, which I've watched once. I remember it being total fucking shit. <laughs> and I love Rob, but yeah. I remember it being fucking terrible. Well, I'm looking over here. It is direct to DVD, Rob. So, so yeah, I mean, you have that. He also did the reboots, yeah, Halloweens, which I think are fine. A lot of people have problems with them. Yeah, no, I don't have, and they're definitely not. They're not good, though. No, but yeah, you know, like there's far worse out there. And probably more notably, which I like this film a lot, is The Lords of Salem. Yeah. I like that one a lot. All right. So we've got several writers. <laughs> Lords of Salem, we could say a crossover that never happened. Yeah. With a podcast funny. that ceased to exist, which is why it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, that's kind of unfortunate, but shit happens. Yeah. All right. Now, because there's a lot of writers, there's a lot of different reasons why. So... Alan Burns and Chris Hayward, they were the ones who helped develop the Munsters television series back in 64 through 66. Norman Liebman and Ed Hawes, they were the guys who helped create the characters that the Munsters are based upon from the same years, 64 through 66. And the writer of the movie itself is Rob Zombie. All right, now, cinematographer on this is Zoran Popovich, who, it, it makes sense because when you look at some of the stuff he's worked on, it's like, okay, he's worked on War Inc., he's worked on Alone in the Dark Part Two. Tales of Halloween, the segment, The Weak and the Wicked, in the film called Bullethead, editor. His name is Glenn Garland. Now he's worked on Rob Zombie's Halloween, Rob Zombie's mm. The Devil's Rejects, Halloween Part 2, Lords of Salem, Three mm -hmm. from Hell, 31. So music on this was composed by Zeus, which is kind of neat. They actually composed the music for uh, Rob Zombie's from uh, Three from Hell and also 31. All right, special effects on this was Mutiny Visual Effects. Produced by Mike Elliott and Rob Zombie. Production companies were Capital Arts Entertainment, Hero Squared, Spook Show International, and Universal 1440 Entertainment. 
Distributor was Netflix. They helped for the video on demand worldwide release here in 2022. And Universal 1440 Entertainment, they helped for all the non theatrical platforms. All right, uh, release date was September 27th, 2022. It had an estimated budget of about $5 million. All right, now moving into the cast, we got quite a few people try to breeze this. I'm going to lead off with Jeff Daniel Phillips, who plays multiple roles, which several actors and actresses do in this. Mm-hmm. Now, he plays the role of Herman. He also plays the role of Shecky Von Rothbone and Zombo. Now, for those who are familiar, maybe not so familiar, <laughs> he was the Geico commercial Caveman, which they I did a that. spinoff uh, back in 2007 and 8 for a television series. Wasn't was that television neat. series terrible? Never watched it. I can't imagine. Like, I don't think a lot of people did. And yeah, I'm, not throwing, so I'm not throwing shade at Jeff Daniel Phillips when I say no, that. No, no, don't no. get me wrong. I just... The caveman barely carried a commercial. It's true. It was, it was good that. at first, but those commercials <laughs> ran out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few other things of note from him. He was actually in the films Elsewhere. He was a part of Halloween Part 2. He was in The Lords of Salem. He was in the film 31, Satanic Panic. He was also in Three from Hell. And uh, more recently, he was in Westworld television series back in 2016. So he's done a lot of Rob Zombie stuff. Yes, he has. Mm-hmm. Quite a few things. All right. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise. Rob really likes to work with the same people over and over yeah. again. So as soon as he was in one sense. Rob project, he's pretty much in all of them. That explains why this makes me think of Kev so much. Um. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, we've got Sherry Moon Zombie. Of course, somebody we've talked about several times before, but she plays the role of Lily and Donna Doomley. Now, we talked about her several times, once back on episode 38, House of a Thousand Corpses, episode 130, The Devil's Rejects. She was in Three from Hell, episode 131 and a half. Let's see, she was in a non-Rob Zombie-directed film called The Toolbox Murders, which is a remake of a 70s oh, film from yeah, the same name. Yeah. yeah, and I think it stars Angela Bettis, if I'm not mistaken. And she was also in Lords of Salem. as actually probably one of her more stronger roles yeah. that she's done. So I'm going to put it this way. If you've seen anything by Rob Zombie, you've pretty much seen Sherry. All right, we've got Daniel Roebuck plays the role of the Count in Ezra Mosher. That name alone is kind of interesting for a couple of different reasons. All right, and I'll talk about Ezra maybe, or the both. Guy, okay. It's Ezra Mosher. Uh, but as far as Daniel Roebuck, uh, now here's some cool stuff by him. We've actually, I think we've talked about him way back on episode 131 and a half because he was in Three from Hell. Yeah. He was also in Bubba Hotep. He was like one of the funeral like drivers. Mm-hmm. One of oh, guys. one of the people that dropped the... Yeah, he was also in episode 256 because he was in John Dies at the End, coincidentally enough. Uh, but when I was looking at his filmography, there was a film that really caught my eye because he was in 1986's River's Edge as Samson John Tollett. That's a big, bad role for him because there's so many good actors. Like Dennis Hopper's in that, Keanu Reeves is in that. Joshua Miller is in that. Crispin Glover is in that. Ioni Sky is in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's so many people in that film. Uh, a few other things of note from him. He was in the films U.S. Marshals. He was in Final Destination back in 2000. He was in We Were Soldiers. He was a part of the uh, Agent Cody Banks films. God, that takes me back. All <laughs> <laughs> right. He was also in The Devil's Rejects as Morris Green. He was in Halloween. He was in Halloween Part Two. Morris Green. For a second, I was like, wait, is Ezra Mosher a crossover? No. <laughs> All right. And also, uh, he was in Phantasm Ravager, which is really neat. All right. We've got Sylvester McCoy. Oh, excuse me. Let me back up. We've got Richard Brake plays the role of Dr. Wolfgang and Orlock. Another one of those guys. He's worked with uh, Rob Zombie several different times. He's the one that was, like, mugging Vincent Price really hard? For the most part. Yeah. 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 He was that big. Yeah. Yeah, I would 
So yeah, we talked about him because he was in Three from Hell. Now uh, he was also part of Thirty One. A few other things. He's that... the uh, OG Night King on Game of Thrones. That is pretty dope. Isn't the it? first time they show the Night King, I think the first like two or three times, it's Richard Brake, and then when the Night King got a bigger role, they yeah. recast him. <laughs> <laughs> Can understand. Uh, he was also in uh, Batman Begins as Joe Chill, which is pretty neat. He was a part of uh, Halloween Part Two. Really? Well, I guess it was like twenty years ago. Yeah, he was also in Thor: The Dark World, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, he was in Kingsman: The Secret Service. Let's see here. More recently, he was in Tremors: Shrieker Island, which is kind of neat. And he's got oh, a bunch funny. of other stuff. He was in Barbarian, which is more recently, you should say, because I don't know if it's still out in theaters or not. But he was a part of that. He looks like he gets a lot of roles that are like the so and so, like yeah, the he, interrogator, the whatever. He, he tends to play kind of like baddies, if you will. Bad yeah, I, I just think I love those actors who have a ton of credits, but they're like smaller roles, and you're just like that guy. It's that guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he was um, he was in that great episode of Mandalorian, where he was the one that Bill Burr kills. That's right. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Huh. He was the Imperial officer. Oh yeah! Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, I was like Bill Burr killed a couple of people. Um, yeah, Bill Burr went off. <laughs> Ooh, he, was, he was good. Yeah, he was too. Good. He was. <laughs> All right, so we have Sylvester McCoy oh, plays so well of Igor. Right, and a few things of note from him. He was a part of Dracula from 1979. I uh, think more notably Doctor Who. Several different parts, like the television series back in 87 through 89. Then I think he did a couple of TV, like, serials from uh, uh, I, I 93 and 96. I can explain this. 1993 was a gathering of all the surviving Doctor Who once for a short called Something in Time that was just like a, a fundraiser for kids. It's only okay. like 20 minutes long, but it, it Dimensions was... Dimensions in Time. Dimensions, thank you. But it was notable for being the only Doctor Who thing that had been happening in several years. That's pretty neat. And the last appearance of John Pertwee as the Doctor, because he died almost immediately. <laughs> Dang. I know. He was also part of the uh, the Hobbit series of films, which is kind of interesting, Oh, too. Radagast. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, he was my favorite part of the Hobbit films. Because it should have never been Hobbit films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should have been a TV show with one episode per chapter, but... Nice. All right, we've got Jorge Garcia that plays the role of Floop. A few things of note from him. He was a part of the Becker television series back in 2003 through 2004. He was also in Lost uh, back in 2004 through 2010. Oh, my God. That's who that guy is. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. <laughs> he was also part of the films Deck the Halls. He was in the film Cooties and The Ridiculous Six. Right? I, you know what? He's really fucking funny. I didn't want to like The Ridiculous Six. It's, it's one goofy, of the, but it's Yeah, not. that's one of the, the Adam Sandler late career <sighs> Straight to Netflix. I, I remember seeing the ads. I thought it was going to be not good at all. The only part of it that's not good is Taylor Lautner. The rest of yeah. that movie is actually really fucking funny. <laughs> all right. We've got uh, Catherine Schell. She plays the role of Zoya Krupp. A few things of note from her. She was in a... Well, it was a Bonds film. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Uh, that's the last Roger Moore. I think that was his... Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. She was also part of The Return of the Pink Panther. She was also in Doctor Who, City of Death. And she was a part of Space, 1999. It was a Lazenby. It's the only Lazenby. Yep. And, uh, yeah, part of that, that television series back in 1975. All right, we've got Cassandra Peterson plays a role of Barbara Carr, as if she needs an introduction. <laughs> Especially Elvira. for this podcast. I know, right? So... She's been Elvira for a lot of different reasons. I mean, part of 
television series, part of movies, part of like one-offs because she's done so many guest appearances on television shows. Something I didn't realize, she was a part of Cheech and Chong's next movie back in 1980, which is kind of neat. When did she start being Elvira? Uh, 1981. Wow, okay. Yeah, and she's been in it, like I said, throughout most of her career, which is kind of neat. She's one of those people, like, I've been aware of Elvira for as long as I could remember, but I wasn't quite sure when it, like, actually started. We talked about her back on our last Patreon episode. Because in Found, or the movie Found, there was a like a film competition that she and Joe Bob Briggs, a couple of others, oh, right. we talked yep. about. Like Bill Mosley was there, that um, she like she was a part of, and that film actually won the award and whatnot. So that was kind of neat talking about that. So yeah, Cassandra's in this. All right, Dee Wallace, another person we've talked about several times before. Now she actually is a voice of like Good Morning Transylvania. She's one of the announcers. We talked about her way back on episode 12 for The Hills Have Eyes. We also talked about her on episode 95 for Death House, episode 108, Critters, episode 131 and a half, Three I was about to say, and because she's Dee Wallace, if she's, she's in a movie, we can't not bring her up. Everybody's mom because... from the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. parts of the 90s. <laughs> I mean, she was in E.T., she was in The Howling, she was in Cujo. I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff, man. All right, we've got Pat Priest, who is the... Maryland uh, Monster. This is really neat. Yeah, so it was like the Transylvania Airlines announcer. The second Maryland Monster. Exactly. From, Not Beverly Owen. Yeah, from 1964 through 1966. Now, most of her film career kind of goes way back, too, which is kind of neat, but I guess just a few things of note. She was uncredited as Mrs. Jerry Copeland, which is a passenger in airport. She was in uh, some call it Loving, Quick Before It Melts, so just a few things of note, not much. All right, we've got Butch Patrick, who voices the Tin Man Can, which is another original monster. Yeah, Eddie Monster. Yeah, which is really neat. Actually, he replaced an actor in that yeah. part, too, which is really neat. Um, it sounds like Nate the pilot Durman. was quite a bit different mm-hmm. than yeah. some of it. So, yeah, that was kind of neat seeing him in this. And uh, last but not least, I've got Thomas Boykin, who plays the role of Lester. Now, we actually talked about him briefly because he is in uh, Three from Hell. He's also in the films I Am and Voodoo Possession. I mean, there's a couple of other people, you know, like I said, I've known mm-hmm. here, but that's pretty much the main cast. So you gave us a brief setup. Should give some warnings, I guess. It's PG, so how much warnings can we really give? I don't have anything that's objectionable on this one. I could have watched this at like four or five. There, yeah, like there's... One sex choke I can think of that like would still slip by a kid. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I know there were sex jokes and stuff, but nothing that I would have found the least bit no. objectionable. And even as a kid too, if I had watched that, it would have been like right over my head. If you have no problem watching the Munsters <laughs> sitcom <laughs> yeah. from the sixties, you're going to have no problem with being able to watch this. And honestly, if you have a problem with that, I'm not sure what to tell you at that point. I don't know why you're listening to us. <laughs> Dude, I, the monsters, yeah. Especially. We're cussing and smoking weed. Like. I'm going to say this. This is less objectionable than the 60s TV show because they definitely dropped a racial slur. In oh, the... we'll talk about that. Because <laughs> I still, oh, don't, exactly I still don't understand what it was he was trying to say there. Right. Reference to, yo, I hope that's not what he was referencing, but I know you're talking about. We'll get to it. In fact, we'll get to it very shortly because there's not much to warn about. Uh, let's find out how the Munsters 
made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. Monsters. You know what? Actually, there's something I want to start, and we can back up. This is going to be a weird place to start, but we have with us a rare opportunity. Uh-huh. As you are as unbiased in this as we can get, because we come from a community where this is a polarizing oh, figure. wow. Yeah, you're right. How do you feel Sherry did as Lily? I thought she was fine. That's all. <laughs> I just have to ask. So my favorite cast member was Sylvester McCoy's Igor, but I am fucking in love with Sylvester McCoy. So that is its own thing. In some ways, I think she was closer to classic Lily Munster than uh, I can't think of his name, but the caveman was to Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm. He had the laugh perfect and he had the like. Physical motions. I'm trying to do visual represent. I can't stop doing that. I've been podcasting <laughs> for years now. But his voice was all over the map compared to like Fred Gwynn, who had that really nice kind of baritone going mm-hmm. on. She was a little more over the top than Lily was, which is weird to say when you're comparing it to a 60s TV show. But I had to slip that in because. Yeah, I hear that a lot of people don't like her. But a lot of people literally... don't like Sherry Moon Zombie simply for the reason that Rob puts her in everything you know the more that we do this and it's not just the case and i'm not trying to sit like you know stand up for them but we already alluded to it is when you start to do this more and more and more you start to realize how certain people like to work with people they're familiar with Mm -hmm. that that includes cast members and crew members so chance to reason is like yeah he's gonna use the same people he's familiar with he knows what he's gonna get his wife in his movies yeah go for it man be it he's not the first he's not the last how often does kevin smith put family members in his goddamn movies (laughs) every movie in literally everything (laughs) and let's be honest i love jay and silent bob but jay muse is not a strong actor no he's just a fun stoner thank you it's one of those things like when it was announced rob zombie's doing the monsters the entire horror community went so we have Sherry playing Lily. It wasn't announced, but we are all like, like there's only one person who's going to play Lily in a Rob Zombie monster joint, and that's going to be Sherry. Yeah. Regardless if it was live action or not. Yeah. So I've been bouncing around of where to start on this. I think to start off with, there are things about this movie I really liked. There are things I really disliked. Not really disliked, but, you know, at least yeah, definitively disliked. But... I am hard-pressed to think of many other movies where the people who made it were so clearly enjoying themselves as much as seemed to be happening in this movie. You know what? I think on that note, especially Richard Brake. I think Richard Brake had uh, the best time of Grandpa, anybody uh, on I guess set. the Count? No. No, uh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Orlock, too, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was Orlock the first time through. And then I looked up the, the cast before my second watch, and I was like, oh, shit, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because that's so kind of out of character for him, mm-hmm. in a sense. You don't really get to see him cut up like that. That's true. Everyone is having fun. Here, I think, is almost a little bit better place to start. We all watched either before or after, but sometime during the week, some of the original monsters, just to get like those gears flowing. Mm-hmm. Mostly holds up. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think it's better than Rob Zombie's. <laughs> um, but some of, some of it definitely stuff. is. Um, I know, let's see. 
last week, me and Danny ended up looking up what the top three rated, rated episodes on IMDb are. Mm-hmm. Not that we necessarily like the IMDb ratings for everything, but at least right. it's something it's to go off of. It's an easy place to, like, I don't have a bunch of time. Yeah, it's something to go off of. Mm-hmm. I watched all three of them. I know you didn't get a chance to watch much. I watched except the for ones watched, you showed me. I yeah, just so ran you watched... The top-rated one, which is uh, Herman the Rookie. The baseball episode. Mm-hmm. And then we also watched one more pertinent to this episode in a way that's not in the top three, which is Drag Race Herman. Did you get all four of them? I, I'll tell you the ones I watched. I okay. watched Herman the Rookie. Okay. I watched Just Another Pretty Face. Yep, I watched Just Another Pretty Face. I really watched. liked Just that's Another Pretty Face. That's the one where Fred Gwynn turns into Fred Gwynn and everyone thinks he's hideous. Yeah. I've seen bits of that one. I watched some clips on YouTube. Too. That one I think is better than Herman the Rookie. I do too. I watched A Visit from the Teacher, which okay. was, would that have one's, been the series That finale. one's good. Yeah, it's fine. I also I watched... don't know why it's the number, like, it's as high ranked as it is. Maybe because it's the finale. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. I also watched My Fair Munster. Oh, which one's... That is season one, episode two, which is actually the first one that was shot. Oh. And that was the first one to have... Yvonne DiCarlo and Butch Patrick as Does Lily. that still have Grandpa's weird long nose? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't pay attention, so I hate to say yeah or nay. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to that. But that's part of the reason why I watched it, mainly because I did watch the color pilot that oh, has yeah. Jonah Crawford. And I didn't uh, know the pilot yeah, was a happy, killer. Yeah. It was happy the, Nate Dermer was the guy who played, or, or the kid originally played Eddie. It was conceived as a color show, and yes. I don't know why that didn't go oh, forward because it would have cost too much oh, okay. per, per episode. Yeah, it was, was still really, real new. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So I haven't seen it. I watched it. It's I like know it's color. Minutes. Here's the interesting thing: Eddie's it, more feral, right? Yes, the kid. Not really good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they picked up Butch Patrick. Yeah, no, Butch Patrick's so much better. I'm not, I mean, no discredit to the other kid. He's not good. And I like Joan Crawford's acting, but it, she was more akin to like Morticia Adams. Well, that's why of, they changed it because yeah, and you she can was... like the makeup, her performance too. Like it's not a bad performance. It's just it's not what Yvonne does with that character. As Lily, mm-hmm. it's it's. I really love Lily too. Yeah, no, I did too. She's a strong actress, so that was the major difference. Bringing up the Adams, something I didn't realize: those shows debuted the same week. They were canceled at the same time. I did not know. I knew they the were monsters, around each other, but the I monsters thought... because of their shooting schedule technically went a little bit longer. They ended up still having new episodes drop like for like a month after the Adams ran out, but mm-hmm. that was. Literally just because of shooting schedule, and not. I had always thought that the monsters were kind of made in response to the Adams family, not just like weirdly concurrently. Yeah, just interestingly enough, right? So it's like how Swamp Thing and Man Thing came out within six months of each other, and the two comic book creators <laughs> lived in the same house. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, "No, we didn't rip each other off." And you're like, "You two were both smoking a lot of weed and <laughs> reading the heap." I know exactly what happened there. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea. I looked that up, and my mind was kind of blown. I was like, fuck? I need to rewatch the... I haven't watched much of the original series. I mostly... My relation to it is uh, the Raul Julia. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The movies. Yeah. I've watched some of the original series simply because um, John Astin is amazing. 
Yeah, that's wild. Sean Aston's dad. I've been meaning to go back to it ever since we did our Briscoe County episode because I fucking fell in love with John Aston in that specifically. <laughs> like, I mean, everybody's great, but I really like John Aston as, mm-hmm. as Gomez. And um, God, I've always loved Lurch. But <laughs> this was weird, too, though, because I'm more familiar with the Adams family. I did grow up watching the Munsters. It was definitely on right. like Nick and Knight and shit when I was growing up. It was at a weirder time than the others, so I didn't get to catch it all I, the time like I did other like like uh, Dick Van Dyke and shit like that. We didn't have cable, but Mom very briefly had a roommate who did, mm. and she just recorded like six mm. Nick at Night marathons. So I have like certain Munsters episodes just awesome. burned in my brain. Yeah, so I'm more familiar with that time period when Nick and Knight was running a lot of these shows, you know, so my uncle Paul would watch them late at night. So I would catch him as kind of like a byproduct of, but I, I think I wasn't my really paying attention as a kid, I think where I became more familiar with the monsters wasn't Nick at night, because like I said, they did change their pro, even though it's all syndicated reruns that had been around no, for 40 for years, yeah. <laughs> like they still did change their lineup from time to time they did. to keep people interested. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So I think I became more familiar with the Munsters because they used to do Munsters marathons. Pretty cool, yeah. And I used to catch just about every one of those. So, like, I've probably seen, over the course of catching probably, like, six or seven of those marathons in my youth, I'm sure I've watched every single episode of the Munsters at least once. But I think, too, like, being that we're all from a certain generation and whatnot, is Rob Zombie's song to Dracula... You know, that kind of put it back on the map in a sense. Yeah. I'm not even the other episode I watched was. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Which I think was the strongest of all the ones I watched. It's actually pretty fun. It's a a good one. I would argue. That up with that and uh, Just Another Pretty Face. Yeah, I argue those are probably the two better episodes I watched. Is Just Another Pretty Face the one that had that speech from Herman Munster that went viral a couple years back of like, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or tall or handsome like your father? I was just looking at that. Because like, that's pretty revolutionary commentary for the 60s. said it was the uh, Eddie's nickname. Oh, okay. Mm. Episode. No, I mean, this show was pushing a couple of things. They are not the first, but they were one of the first couples to be shown married, living, or sharing a bed, was Lily and Herman. God, TV used to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. But Herman also just by far, once again, maybe not the first, but was categorically in like another like the next level for his actually interacting with his family and like caring about his fucking kids for sitcom dads at that time period yeah that's true that kind of threw me as i was watching and maybe it's because i just don't like eddie munster that much (laughs) he's fine i'm not insulting the actor he's just i think the weakest part of the show but you you said marilyn wrong (laughs) (laughs) i love marilyn and i Holy admit it's because I think the gag is hilarious because there's fucking nothing to her character. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pat Priest said that literally anyone could have played that character. Yeah, I mean, essentially. She had she, like four lines an episode. She would just learn it on the way. But I, as I said, I love the gag too exactly, much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but like, I'm used to sitcom, even like good sitcom dads are kind of like, oh, my kid. And like, Herman's got none of that. No. Yeah. He's just like, no, I fucking love my kids. It's my son. Let's go play. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, what was weird, though, I guess I'd never thought about how the premise gag 
stacked up between the atoms and the monsters. And now I can actually say the difference. I mean, monsters is goofier in some ways. The Adams family thinks that they're the only ones that are normal and that everyone else is weird. The monsters don't understand why everyone else thinks they're weird because they think that they're just as normal as they are. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, how they view, like, their, their, their view on what is and what isn't normal. Which I did see somebody bringing up in more of a, like, online and more of a sociological aspect that was really interesting because the atoms are all landed gentry. They're old money. Mm-hmm. And that actually is, a, especially during that time period, but it's just sort of in general when we're talking old money in the United States, they consider themselves to sort of be the only true people that matter and true Americans and think everyone else is weird. Whereas the monsters is a family of immigrants and they don't understand why they're being treated different when they think that they're fitting in with everyone else. Yeah. I will say the monsters does play with that same Adams family gag a couple of times. Though. They do. Like they think, er- uh, but then they tend to throw it away instead of keeping it going. Fair enough. It's a gag rather than a, but like they think Marilyn is disfigured, but they love her anyways. And it's just mm-hmm. hot sixties blonde woman. Or, I mean, I mean to, to bring us back to Rob Zombies, when Herman Munster goes outside after Halloween and is horrified by... Yeah. Yeah. In a way, I thought that was, like, the worst part of that movie because i just gotten done watching the TV show and I'm like, yeah, I know how they, they act around really people. Yeah. yeah, they don't really... Every once in a while, something like that will happen. But like I said, it's yeah. usually done as more of a one-off rather than a continuous thing. Right, yeah, exactly, like a through line, I suppose, if mm-hmm. you will. I don't know. It was... Okay. I guess, bringing up the old monsters, though, and we already touched on it a little bit, motherfucking Herman the Rookie, how... Are you bringing up the uh, Leo DeRocher? What did Leo DeRocher mean? Well, yeah, <laughs> I know you're saying. He dropped it definitely a derogatory term. I'll, I'll say this one, because this is a, a, a statement that... too white to be the ones to <laughs> <Yeah>. say it. <laughs> This is a, a statement I, I may have heard a few times in my life. He said, they look like a bunch of wetbacks in the petrified forest. Yeah. Now, if you just replace the slur with the people he's talking about, or that that slur would be directed at. It makes no sense whatsoever. They look like a bunch of Mexicans in the petrified yeah. forest? Maybe lazy? Not moving? Petrified? I don't know. I'm not See, sure how that line lines up to the monsters, and it blew me away to fucking hear it the other day when I was watching that episode. Yeah, no, I watched it last night, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, he fucking went there. But <laughs> it, it took me a moment when I first yeah. heard it. I was like, huh, wait, what? Did I just hear that? I know. It's like, damn, <laughs> 1960s, chill. <laughs> That's a... <laughs> And that's another reason why I'm going to put uh, Hot Rod Herman and Just Another Pretty Face. Yeah, above that. Above episode. Herman the Rookie. <laughs> now, from what I understand, I'm not a scholar on this guy, but just a little bit I read about Leo DeRozier. He was he was known for making off-color remarks and things of that nature. Like, oh, that was an actual guy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's an actual real, guy. Okay, I, I would. Never I honestly have... think that that's probably one of the reasons why that episode is rated so highly. Because people yeah. liked Leo DeRozier. Well, even at the end, the guy, the football player, gets he, yeah. The fo- that's that's a real, a real guy player. too, because yeah. they were both LA based at that time. So it mm-hmm. makes sense to use them. 
Okay. Yeah, I have a feeling that that was kind of the reason why that episode's rated so highly yeah, that, is because yeah, that's that an incredible celebrity pull for that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's two of the biggest L.A. stars in their respective sports at the time. And it's not like normal, like, cameo celebrities right. either. I it's mean, like somebody that... more of a manager yeah. stuff at that time, but yeah. Because that was a, like, just another pretty face, Dom DeLuise popping in Dude, at the end. Dude, really, a young, like, super young. Young Dom DeLuise. But you can hear it in the voice. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's definitely Dom DeLuise. But that was so cool to see him in that role as the doctor. Now, from what I understand, that's like a recurring role, but he doesn't recur in that role. So that is the very last time that that character appears, Dr. Dudley. Mm-hmm. Every time before, it was Paul Lind, which ah. is why Dom DeLuise was playing the character that okay. way. That makes sense. Okay. That's still pretty neat. Also, I love Paul Lind. Yeah. Like. Uh, that's, man. That's um, some interesting little. Guy. Yeah. What would. I'm, I'm not trying placing to the actor's name. Paul Lynn, um, he's probably one of the most famous center squares on Hollywood Squares. Then I've probably seen it somewhere, but mostly in clips. That was never... Game shows were never a thing growing up for yeah. me. He... Oh, my dad hated TV, <laughs> so like it was really like nah, I when it. I broke away, which meant it was a lot of fucking cartoons. How much do you remember Bewitched? He was About as well as I remember Hollywood Squares. I'm going to trust you that this guy's fucking great is kind of what we're going to have to go Paul here. Lind is interesting. He's super funny, super quick. The but name he is was... familiar to me, so there's at least... He's an... I, I, I'm not going to get off on too much of a tangent so we can kind of keep on the monsters a little bit here, but I actually went off on a little bit of a Paul Lind kick a couple months ago because I had to explain who he was to a co-worker of... Sometimes you have to do that. And... <laughs> Well, we're he's the old actually, guys where we were right? too, for the most part. And he's oh, a, I recognize the face. You'd recognize the voice even more. Like that's kind of what he was known for. Pope that and the fact barely that barely closeted homosexuality. Okay, Wiki is showing its opinions. No, 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 no. That's what I was I about mean, to yeah. say. Was like that's kind of what he was famous for, and kind of like the cool thing about him was because he was able to get away with that in an era when it wasn't okay. Yeah, that is impressive. And in a lot of ways was one of the first people on television to play. I mean, it was him, but he also very much played up into a character. Oh, he voice acted in a couple of mm-hmm. good things, too. And he was on Jonathan Winter's shows. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of know this guy. Yeah, Lind is amazing. Anyway, all the other times it was Lind, then it became Dom DeLuise, and that's... Like, it kind of makes sense for how Dom was playing that character once you know that that character, it was Paul Lynn. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, too, like, DeLuise was, he was prime for that role, too, considering. Absolutely, considering, 100%. Considering, yeah, his his career. So, yeah, that was nice to see. Oh, what what I did want to mention was, the part of the reason I did watch uh, My Fair Munster is because of the two things. It's because it does introduce... Lily in that character and the new mm. Eddie, right? And I wanted to see what the differences were in that pilot with uh, Joan Crawford, another kid I would mention a couple different times, you know, in this episode. So it follows, I mean, it's basically the same episode about halfway through. It follows the same story. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, there's a difference in how they close it out because in the pilot, it's just 13 minutes. There's a part with Grandpa mm-hmm. where he's crafting a potion for Marilyn. And then after he crafts it, it's, it cuts, and that's that. And that was what the, I guess they gave to executives. Okay. You know, oh, yeah, proof of concept. Show it, yeah. yeah. 
you know. And so, no, they reshot it, and this is what you got was this episode. Even though it was the second yeah. episode that aired, it was literally the first episode they shot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I wanted to see what the differences were, you know, in terms of how they did it, for A, in black and white versus the colored version. And I you could never liked the monsters as well in color. Yeah, you could tell the difference a little bit in terms of how Fred Gwynn played his character and how the show changed tones. Like, it was a little bit more, I won't say dark, because it's not really the right way. But I think it had more of a macabre kind okay. of tone. More so Rather than, than kind of goofy. And, right. Mm-hmm. Car- oh, not necessarily cartoon, but yeah, more goofy. It was pretty cartoon. A little cartoons. bit silly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was kind of, like I said, at that time, satirizing some of the 1960s family shows, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, you could definitely tell that. But Grandpa himself, uh, Al Lewis, he pretty much threw and through. The same. <laughs> yeah, threw and through. Al Lewis, one year younger than Yvonne Carlo. That's crazy. I was watching, there's actually really Really? Cool. Yeah. I would have never really? guessed that. <laughs> Al Lewis and Fred Gwynn are usually the pair together. Mm-hmm. Like, he's Fred Gwynn's age. They were co-stars in Car 54. Yeah, Where are they you? They just came off that as well. That's why they cast. They were casting it. So I love Car 54. Where are you? That show's great. You know, it kind of works I in its own way, because, like, I got looking up the characters' back histories, and surprisingly, for, like, as much as Zombie wanted his show to be the monsters, he completely ignored, like, every bit of backstory they gave all of these characters in the original show. Well, I'm pretty sure that the show gives them contradictory. I just know they have some stuff of like, I've been married for a century to Lily. And like Herman is actually Frankenstein's monster because they had the rights for it. They, (laughs) if you go by some of the dates that they throw out in the TV series, Lily is also, I think, 250 years older than Herman. I mean, her age isn't really given. (laughs) No, No, uh, grandpa's. And the, actually, the Dracula. Oh, yeah. Seven, you know? Yeah, Hot Rod Herman. Yeah, you get to see the plates. It's like 13, whatever, 65, oh, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. So you at least get an idea how accurate or not that is. <laughs> it's one thing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and then, well, because in the, the teacher episode, in the essay, like, Eddie mentions that, well, Grandpa just used to be known as Count Dracula. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And they just took it that he had a vivid imagination. Mm-hmm. So they decided to visit the house, and yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a pretty good episode. It's a good one, yeah. It's decent, but it wasn't, I don't think it's the best one. No. And I mean, it's not meant to be a series finale either. They didn't know that they were going to get canceled. Yeah, Um, That wasn't uncommon in shows back then either. Like, there's a lot of shows that just sort of finish. Not according. Especially during that time period, because Batman 66. Oh, exactly. Butch Patrick. There's a statement he's made. He said he felt like that was probably the reason why. Because once that was on the air, it pretty much was the the death knell for both them and the Adams family at that time. It instantly became like the biggest thing on television yeah. within like the first couple episodes coming out. And that's kind of wild. I mean, I I get it to a, to an extent, but I'm not not to the point where it would push a couple of shows out like completely off the air. Right. Yeah. That <laughs> like, that's that wild. still feels wild. <laughs> that is. I mean, now, I mean, it's completely different how TVs ran, but that's still, it's like a juggernaut. It's just hard to think of it with Batman 66, too. Like, not that, you know, Batman, in the comic world right now, it's becoming a problem that Batman's pushing every other DC book out. Like, he's in half the fucking books DC puts out every month. But Batman 66, 
Oh, so many Batman fans try to not admit exists. Wow. Which, by the way, is fucking wild because as much as the going back to the old monsters actually kind of holds up, going back to Batman 66, no fucking wonder they canceled their show because that writing is out of this fucking world. Yeah, but that modern day Batman fans think Batman needs to be Dark Knight Returns Mm -hmm. or grittier. And I mean, when I was a kid, I hated goofy (laughs) Batman. Right. Or like campy Adam Mm -hmm. West Batman. I was like, no, Batman's cool. He's tough. I'm watching now. I'm like, I would infinitely rather watch the Adam West Batman than... That was that was something my brother and I probably had the advantage of, is we actually watched Batman 66 before we had seen uh, Tim Burton's with Michael Keaton. I actually did as well. Yeah. Barely, but I did. Yeah, so we had a, like kind of a different idea of what Batman was. Because mm-hmm. we didn't have the, the comic book background. We had the mm-hmm. freaking Adam West... <laughs> Also, I should say, young me was just a dumbass because I wa- I got yeah, into it through Batman Forever and was like, Adam West is too campy. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up, kid. No, we all have different entry points, and it's, you know, I get it, but I was I was like really fascinated with, I want to say probably like the Val Kilmer version mm-hmm. as well, like during that time period. The one where everyone should know it's Bruce Wayne because of those lips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've brought it up on General Nerdery before, but I'll go a little bit hipster, and I even hit Zorro before Batman. Yeah, yeah. So it was awesome. like, yeah, so did Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it was like OG cannon. Batman into '66 into Burton. That's awesome. Well, one of the earliest movies I remember watching is the first. Uh, I think it's Mark of Zorro, not the mm. Antonio Banderas, but like the very first Zorro that like had the sound. early. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like the Tyrone Powers. Stuff. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Great fucking movie still. That one. Yeah. Anyway, Monsters, the old show holds up. How do we feel Rob Zombie did? I know we've talked about it a little bit here and there and sort of mentioned things, but... I have pacing issues with it. Oh, it's way longer than it needs to be. I think it should be a two or three episode series, and I would have, like, split it. The leading up to the wedding, the wedding through moving to America... And then once they're in America, as like three separate things would be my preferred way of doing it. Yeah, I feel like if it's going to be this long, I'm bummed that it didn't end with, like, Lily pregnant with Eddie. Well, and as strange as it is that it's as long as it is, and then it still felt like he just ran out of ideas of what to do and just wrapped up the movie. Yeah, that last little bit does feel a little sped up. Mm-hmm. The moment they decide to, to move to America, <laughs> and I know that's like the last third of the movie, but can I give my biggest fucking critique of this movie right here? Oh, yeah. When Herman Munster is like, I've decided we're going to move to America. And they're like, we don't want to do that. And he's like, I'm the man. So we'll do this. And they won't go, go, okay. It's like, no. Like, oh, I, I get that like they're tapping into old school 60s stuff, but No. That is not how you make decisions for your wife or like with your oh, family. No. It was so jarring with the way that the relationship had been set up till that point. The the fact that there was no pushback on just like I'm the man, we're doing this, completely brought me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that Uncle Gilbert showed up. I know. You know, here's something interesting too, is that, that was played by a uh, female actress. Oh no shit. Yeah, in that part. I think it was she's Hungarian, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But yeah, I looked it up and I was like, ah, most of her critics are Hungarian, and I think she's more of a stunt mm. uh, coordinator. But still, that's really cool. Yeah, because 
Gil <laughs> shows up in the series. Lester only shows up, I think, as a, in an episode yeah. in the Monsters, which is interesting, given his, you know, his... But, but if Lester, though, explains how Eddie stuff. is a werewolf. Right. Like, we know that it's in their blood because of they had Lester. To just right. Yeah, but I think that's that's cool, too, because they're... For me, and because of the run we've been on to with, you know, Frankenstein and Transylvania 6000. Right. Did we so, mention this to you at all? This is mm-hmm. capping off a Frankenstein run for us. Yeah, so, yeah well, over on New Byland, you and I are just ass deep in a vampire's run. So it, it, it does line up everywhere, in. yeah. Yeah, we did Frankenstein into Transylvania 65000, which is Jeff Goldblum and Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> tracking down rumors that supposedly Frankenstein was spotted in Transylvania. So, I feel like... What, I could be wrong here. This is just my my assumptions here. So I feel like Zombie is probably a fan of whatever encompasses Universal monster pictures, mm-hmm. whether it's satirical or not. Because I even feel like there there's probably like a little pinch of Young Frankenstein in this with some of the comedy. Well, I feel like you can't be a Monsters fan and not have some right. affection like, for, especially when you're a mega Monsters fan. Oh, like he yeah, is. exactly. And, and two, like being that he's worked at Universal on the lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, being that he's also a Universal Monsters fan as well, and that they're playing with all these creatures as well, it only makes sense. I mean, that that fur that Herman's wearing most of the movie is from Son of Frankenstein. I mean, there's so, even Bella from mm-hmm. Bella Lugosi. I mean, stuff like that, you know. You mentioned- Shelley has to be from Mary Shelley, right? Mm-hmm. You would think. <laughs> You mentioned Uncle Gil. I'm. We were talking about this at work, actually, Danny. I was. I'm kind of surprised that of all of the like, mm. all of the attempts to recreate Universal monster movies, there's been like six attempts to make the Mummy. The Mummy is the least dangerous villain of those classic <laughs> ones. I'm amazed there haven't been serious attempts to recreate Creature of the Black Lagoon. Well, there was, and then they really dragged their feet on it, and Guillermo went. Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to make a movie where a woman fucks the fish. Oh, so yeah. it's straight up, I did not know Shape of Water was a creature of L- Black Lagoon uh, fish fucking. Much. Like, I knew there was fish fucking in it. Oh, yeah. No. It's, <laughs> sure. So it's not the creature, for, it's not the creature right, from right, the Black right, Lagoon. Right. Yes. Okay, I get you. <laughs> no, he was legit working on, I believe he had been tapped to do a creature from the Black Lagoon, or they had approached him about it, but maybe he wasn't officially signed on. And it was while Universal was trying to make their dark mm. universe work. Yep. Because they decided to name the universe before they even had a, a single movie out about it. And then, honestly, if it would have actually been successful, there's a chance that they would have been sued over the name Dark Universe anyway, because it was already in use by something else. It's fucking wild. Okay, so that was, one, the the chaos of watching so many people be like, we're going to create a shared universe after Marvel made it the biggest thing in the world and being like, you have no plans whatsoever for this, do you? Because we saw it with Valiant, with G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. with, I mean, Dark Universe. But the Dark Universe one could have been so good. Well, and I, I say that is not a fan of horror. In a lot of ways, Universal had the first shared universe. Uh-huh. Because of the um, Abbott and Costello crossovers. Well, and like, that's true. You can do fun stuff with the Universal Horror. I mean, the fucking Brendan Fraser mummy movie is fantastic. It's delightful. <laughs> the CGI didn't hold up that great even back then, but like. Also, minus all the crazy CGI action sequences, is actually a really faithful adaptation. Uh huh. 
At least the spirit of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, so you can do it. You just can't open with that piece of shit Tom Cruise one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tom, but not really. I'm I'm not sorry. I don't like Tom Cruise. Um, That wasn't the open. Oh, right. It was the fucking... uh, Dracula Untold. Which I forget exists. A lot of people do. (laughs) Let that tell you what it does. Jeez. So, yeah, they were swinging over, too, on that. It's not a good start. Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll was a good call, though. Like, I thought that was interesting. I haven't read that book in long enough. I think he's way too old for the part, but, like, whatever. Oh, well. Most Van Helsings are too old, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, guess there's the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing, where he's suddenly, like... (laughs) I fucking love that movie, because it's so dumb, but it sucks. Yeah, but he's also, he's, like, also somehow (laughs) Solomon Kane at the same time. It's fucking dumb as shit, but... But it's fun. Exactly. Like if you're just, I don't know. We're not even really supposed to be talking about that. I'm not saying that too, too. But if you're just taking that movie for what it's worth, it's fun. But yeah, if you're trying to be critical of it, holy boy. <laughs> yeah, because even back then, I seen it when I was a little, probably a little bit older than you guys, and I was like, oh no, oh no, because <laughs> I like all those characters, and I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is real bad. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed when I seen it the first time. I think possibly, to pull us back to the monsters, the best way to explain this monsters movie is the fact that all of us enjoyed it, but we have managed to talk about literally everything else but the <laughs> Rob Zombie monsters thing. Okay, there are a couple of things I definitely want to say about it. Though. No, I, 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 I do want to talk about it. We just keep being like, it's it was true. fun. But this thing... This is how we know it's a true crossover with general nerdery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Roebuck is fucking perfect. He's maybe my favorite part of this fucking movie. I think he nails Grandpa through and through. I think he. Does I think he's the job. closest. He was a much more aggressive Grandpa, but by the end of it, where he's like made his alliance with Herman, kind of like made his peace at least, they're pretty simpatico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like even with um, the guy who plays uh, Herman, it's like. He does ham it up, but I, I, there's parts where Fred kind of does that in the show. I mean, not yeah, I, eyes over the top, but there's... But, you know, like the voice cracks, yeah, for example, oh, without a doubt. happen it's hard to sometimes with Fred and every other sentence. Yeah, no, with, with him, it, you're not going to replicate his Fred Wynn's voice. That's you're, also you're very not. fair. You can't even try. <clears throat> no. He got the laugh perfect and the, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, that's the kind of stuff that he did. Yeah. He was right online. It felt a lot... Um, it felt like... God, maybe this is giving him a little bit too much credit because also, like, I don't think he did. I liked what he did, but I didn't think he did a fucking fantastic job. He did a serviceable job. No, I exactly. Um, but it did feel at times kind of uh, Chris Pine Kirky to me, where he's like, You've "You got, got the spirit, the, uh, but, but you're not it. doing. Yeah, you're yeah. not doing a Shatner. You're not oh, doing no. a Gwyn. You're doing a Herman. Exactly. And it's recognizable as a Herman. You have all the needed parts. It's just not the best. No, you know, exactly. honestly, the that. comparison to the Kelvinverse, the 2009 Star Trek trilogy, is actually a really good one, which is weird, because that one was like, unlimited special effects money. And this one's like, $10 of special <laughs> effects money. Because they got the spirit right of all of the characters, but like watching much any of it, I'm like, wow, these are completely different roles. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I think uh, Sherry Lily is actually more interesting than DeCarlo's Lily, who was kind of just looked like 
a vampiress slash bride of Frankenstein and was otherwise just like a stay-at-home 50s yeah. housewife. Yeah, it's like they, they at least in the, end of the show, it, her background wasn't quite as interesting as like they give Sherry's Lily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I wonder how much too is because this is a prequel. Right, so and it's like pre-Eddie being born, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, compared to the show, it's already dropped into the fact that they're in LA living, mm-hmm. you know, Mark and Berlin and all that stuff. Sherry's Lily, I think my favorite bits of her was when she's first meeting Herman Munster and is just smitten with him. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that was, I mean, they played it so over the top, but in a way they that were both tracks. pretty fucking adorable. Oh yeah, oh, without a doubt. so cute. The whole thing was that was <laughs> yeah, the easily the best part. Yeah. Also. I unironically really enjoyed Herman Munster's punk rock. That was good. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was fun. The sort of the sort of rockabilly look that they were rocking for yeah. a little bit That's there. That's pretty much from the drag Dragula thing we mm-hmm. watched. Like it was good. They even was... used the what was it the um, what was the name of the band the jacket he was wearing too. Oh shit! Yeah. What? what uh, I mean, if we're talking about the music in this movie, though. Oh, the punk rods. The, the punk. punk yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, shit, that's right. That is straight from that episode. Yeah, it is. It's pretty neat. Fucking disco vampires bop. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, to know the two, that's Richard Brake doing sexy, that. Sexy, 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 sexy. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's goofy, but I, because the way he, he sets up that whole premise, he's like, I want to show you something over here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, Orlock is the worst date ever. Yeah. <laughs> There's no version where Orlock isn't the worst, and I I like Nosferatu, (laughs) but like... This kind of thing is like, he's kind of self-sabotaging, it's funny. I think Jorge Garcia was the one that most felt like an actual 60s actor on screen. he did a good job. Who did he play again? Uh, Floop. Floop. It's the assistant. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think he did a good job. Apparently he was only there for like three days of shoots. That makes sense for the scenes, though. Yeah, but I mean, in that amount of time, he did a good job, yeah. I mean, fuck. Yeah, Sylvester McCoy, too. You could tell he's probably having a really good time on set with the character he played. Sylvester it's McCoy, everything he does, especially anything that lets him be campy at all, he just looks like he's having a great time. Yeah. He started in children's television. That's awesome. And it kind of shows. I hear he did a I series, so. a, a movie recently <laughs> that was supposed to be legitimately, like, suspense. Oh. And kind of creepy. But every, I, you know, I think of him as... Admittedly, one of my favorite doctors from Doctor Who, because he could swap between super goofy kitty and, like, creepy sinister really fast. So, it works. I mean, they didn't give him any creepy sinister in this. He was just hamming it up. That's awesome. I know I already said it. Richard Brank hams it up. He's good. He really is good. So much in every fight. I even like when he's posing for the, the pictures. He's like, what else you got? This is one of my favorite Richard Brake roles. Yeah. Because every time I've seen him in a role, it's been in a sinister role. It's and he's good. Where you can you can go in either direction, and he shows that he can. If he needs to be. I mean, he's not the most conventional like comedic actor, but he has chops, if you will. Why isn't Bill in this? Yeah, I mean, Bill. Mosley. Yeah, so oh. Rob Zombie likes to work with the same people yeah, over yeah, and yeah, over yeah. again. One of those is Bill Mosley, who's a horror icon in oh, his own right agree. because yeah. of being chop top in uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 probably scheduling stuff is what i would guess then more like than likely more than likely but it's still a bummer yeah, yeah right i know probably I for rob know. zombie more than anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
Who would you put Bill as? I was just thinking that. Who would I like to put? I mean, if 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 it wasn't Richard, probably put. Yeah, if it wasn't Richard, put Bill there. But as an as a, another character, maybe maybe Lester or something like that. Okay. He yeah, doesn't yeah. super visually leap out at me as any of the Munsters characters. No. Here, like, even if it was scheduling, the one that I'm I'm surprised he didn't do was just making him really quickly the zombie in the beginning. Oh, oh that'd be yeah, a good that one. That would be cool. Yeah, just as a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. I would have made that scene 30 seconds longer where the first hammer blow yeah, doesn't work because he has a metal plate. So you could... Oh, damn, that would have been a nice callback. It, yeah, that could have been, like, a part of you know, post shoots or whatnot. Mm-hmm. If you needed pickups and shit like that. Yeah. But you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not the one who shot this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't involved. <laughs> I know, right? It still just feels like I kept yeah, the first time through. Exactly. I didn't know Bill wasn't in it. And I kept looking and I'm like, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? Nope. That's still one of the few times, right? That's okay. I did think the scene, <laughs> the, the, what was it? Transylvania tonight. Or whatever when he was first unveiling Herman. I loved that shit simply because you had That's the place you were thinking Young Frankenstein, right? When you mentioned that yeah, earlier. There's a little that was bit of that. Oh, yeah. Straight up just the putting on the Ritz scene. Mm-hmm. But you get Daniel Roebuck reacting to that in two different fashions. Yes. Because as you have him as grandpa hating it, <laughs> and you have him as Ezra on screen fucking loving well, it. Yeah, eating it up. Oof. I loved that. I was like, oh, wait, that's, but that's him. But that's I, him. I did not put that together at all. That's pretty neat. Yeah. But I also think it's, it's just, kind of meta. Yeah. Thing. I also just thought it was fucking hilariously dumb of Richard Brake's character, though, to be like, I'm going to do this all live. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially uh, for like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the other young Frank. He straight up just robbed the basic premise of young Frankenstein for Herman here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was set up. Yeah, but you know, it, it pays off because it, it it's like a callback in a sense to uh, Frankenstein in the beginning because you've got um, what well, it wasn't even what was the name of that character? It wasn't Igor. Oh shit! Um, Fritz. 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 Yeah. So Fritz steals the brain. Yeah. And the original. And yeah, because of a swap. He, he, he gets the wrong brain. Gets the wrong mm-hmm. brain. And in this case, yeah, same thing. Floop gets the wrong brain. <laughs> you know, so they, they, I mean, they're being true to the original, if you will. You know, but in this case, yeah, they're hamming up because he's on full display. Mm-hmm. He can perform, but he's really a comedian. <laughs> a failed comedian at that. What do you guys think about the colors? Because first off, that's not Rob's fault because no. the studio wouldn't let him do it black and white. I read an interview with Rob for this where he talked about where he's like, he, he brought them out and he was originally going to use more normal coloring and it just looked wrong. Like, I mean, because one of the critiques I read of this is people being like, the prosthetics were so obvious, but also you're trying to create the monsters. He want like, <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was one level, it's just going to happen, and one level, like, that was what Rob was going for. Yeah. But in normal lighting, it wouldn't make sense, so he had to go so over the top. It's kind of like watching the fucking Speed Racer movie the Wachowskis did. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. There were some parts where I thought it actually worked really well. As I said, when, like, their recording and all of the color changes are so over the top, I thought went pretty good. But there were moments where it almost was giving me a headache. I didn't mind it so much. It, 
I don't want to compare it to like Technicolor. It has a little bit of that, but it was more or less him like bringing a live action cartoon to life. You know, like, right. because he said that uh, seeing the the actors and actresses in that makeup, they felt a little cartoonish because it was over the top. And so he matched the lighting scheme to kind of, you know, fill in that cartoon mm-hmm. feel. And it's like, yeah, I mean, even in the close-ups, it feels like it's being pulled right out of a cartoon. You know, so I felt like he did a good job with that in the close-ups and the wide shots and stuff like that. It's, it's It felt like it helped heighten some of that. Yeah. Make him, I mean, if you're going to be goofy, that, that color scheme fits it. <laughs> I do I do wonder what his original black and white vision for that it would have been. That would have been interesting. That really would have been interesting. I had a friend that watched it in black and white, and I kept meaning to ask, like, how well does it translate with all of those color choices? I mean, just desaturating it wouldn't translate that well, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But... Black and white's expensive as fuck to do anymore. I know it's just, it's, it's the inverse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I wonder how much he would have been truer to the show's like tone mm. if it had been in black and white compared to this, where they're more exaggerated. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think the punk rock mm. scene would have worked as well. I think everything else would have mostly been okay. Feel yeah, like. It would have muted some of the things he was doing in this film had it been in black and white. And all of a that's a bad thing. It's just tonally, I think, would have been mm-hmm. different. It's weird because of how how noticeable and like intense some of the color was. It weirdly at times reminded me of some of the Italians. Yeah, that's a good just point. without the intent. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid. If that point. makes sense. No, it, it totally does. Yeah, because that wasn't the intent here, is using those filters to uh, to give you, like, a, a feel for what's going on. It's just, yeah, it's just... It's, it's literally just color to fill right. visual space. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's so, a big old comic book technique, too. Like, Walt Simonson is legendary for... He's one of the greatest artists of his generation, but he didn't really believe in backgrounds that heavily, so he would just do fun and, like, have... Put fun colors here. There you go. I'm bummed we didn't actually get to see Butch or Pat. Yeah. And it was just voices. The voices. I mean, that's still a nice nod, but if you are if you don't know that... I would not have... I heard they were in there. I would not have been able to tell yeah. you where okay. they were. Admittedly, I don't know either of these actors well enough for no, it to be I mean, surprising anyways, but, like, at all. Right. And that, that makes sense. It's like, just as a, a viewer, like, oh, I'm kind of curious, and you hear the voice, you're not thinking... You know, that's that's Eddie. That's mm-hmm. Marilyn. <laughs> that's not thinking of that. That's always the risk with bringing in old actors yeah. in a remake. And I get the urge because when you don't and they're still alive, you're like, hey, we're so and so. But well, I mean, come on. Ninety percent of people aren't going to realize that that was Elvira at the end. Right. Exactly. I didn't at first. You hardly ever see her as I'm Cassandra. Of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's almost always. Oh, look, Elvira. there's Elvira. Yeah. Exactly. So that was, I mean, that's a nice touch too. It's like, yeah, they're, they're paying homage. He does that as is. We've, we've mentioned that several times mm-hmm. in this film. Like he'll pull actors and actresses from films he grew up with or that like he was influenced by. Just be able to work with like, them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just put them in little cameo appearances. Like, oh, that's kind of neat. That's cool. Yeah. I super get it. If I ever had, like, there's oh, a list yeah, of, like, like super fan. comic creators or other podcasters or stuff where if I ever got a chance to work with them just once, just to fucking oh. say I did, I'd be like, 
Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, why not? Fuck it. I kind of loved the big wide shot of Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. Because that's, cool. that's just where the lot is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... We, we talked about that with... Uh, was it House? House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. yeah. They, they, they filmed some of that on the lot. Which I think that's still interesting to know that he wanted to do this long before he did House. Yeah. And all his other He's been products. trying for decades. Since the 90s? Yeah. So that's that's a really cool. Why has this lot never been taken down? Is it just so they can like show it off on tours? Here's where the monsters was made, or like? Because I think it's it's not just where the monsters was no, made. No, it's, it's a pretty where, big lot. Yeah, it's a it's a decent sized lot. It's just a good pre-built neighborhood to use for things. Mm-hmm. But at this point, historical value, like it's not just where the monsters was made. I think like. Like, if you go one house across the street and, like, to the right is, like, the Leave it to Beaver house. Yeah, and there's like, so much Fair stuff. enough. I was just, I guess I was just surprised that, like, Mockingbird Lane, number whatever number 13, it is. 1313 Mockingbird Lane is still like that, as opposed to them just being like, all right, put more. Although, I guess everyone needs a creepy mansion every once in a while, mm-hmm. so, like, there's still ways around it. Yeah. And, and being, too, that you know, is a universal lot. You know, like I said, it's, it's one of their larger lots, too. It, they're going to film some other stuff there. But I think just knowing, yeah, like that the monsters do have that place. That's kind of interesting, too. Man, in one of our other podcasts, we just did a like best not secret layer. And it doesn't quite work. But honestly, 1313 Mockingbird Lane, Lane kind of should have been an honorable mention. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to get to see how they got spot. No, that, that was, was really cool. That was really cool. Which it's not super exciting, but like no, at the same time, it's, it's like still, oh cool spot. It, yeah, it fits the show because that's that was one of their pets. That's kind of why I wanted it to be like three episodes, so that you know the first half of that episode could have been that, yeah. mm-hmm. and they could have put a little more not effort into it because I mean, but just a little more time into meeting spot. I'm sorry, I don't no, know no, either. no, no, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. The the only thing that really I'm questioning, if you will, is. Did he have something further in mind with this? Did do you think he wants to continue this, or was it just purely a prequel that led into the show? Hence, why he finished it with the black and white like intro. I kind of got the sense that maybe whoever owns the monsters is hoping <laughs> for more to come out of it, but I haven't seen anything from Rob other than like, and I'm not saying he wouldn't do it if he doesn't get the op or if he gets the option, but was mostly just like. I just needed to check this off my fucking bucket list. No, like, and, and, and that if that's all that is, I'm I'm okay with that. But I think that would explain why he left out Eddie and Marilyn, right. as far as like the like cast members. At this point, though, I do want to see his take on Eddie and Marilyn well, and how they fit why in I'm because asking or why I'm curious about even that. even though I feel like I I agree with you, Zach. I think the old show is still a little bit better than this. Yeah, I agree too. I still think the writing for this is spot on with, like, mm-hmm. a mid-tier episode of the show. Well, yeah, and I should yeah, say, yeah, like, yeah. I may have thought that the old show was better. Most of that is I'm just fucking in love with Fred Quinn. Um, <laughs> yes. First off, yes. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, not. That doesn't mean I didn't like this or right. don't want more of no, it. I, like, I it's, totally Also, as I said, my issue with the pacing is what it was. Yeah. And the old show has no time to waste. It just, here's 20 minutes of strong television, let's go. That's what I do like, too, about that, the show itself, is like, bring it straight to the point. We're gonna get to it. Let's get to it. Not much filler at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was filler in this. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were definitely filling time. I just don't know why. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, two or three episodes would have been great. That would have been neat yeah, as a part of like a little mini series, three episodic thing. Make use of the fact that you knew it was going to drop to streaming anyway. Now, also for the record, I tend to prefer episodic television over a one and done movie, anyways. Yeah. Just because I think the pacing works better. But that's no, I agree. That's... I agree. Like I feel like if you would have broke this up more like acts, mm-hmm. it would have been probably a little bit more fulfilling. You know, because. That first man, because it is just like a, a stretched uh, out episode. Yeah, super stretched out episode and a half. It took me a little <laughs> bit to get into the the film the first time I was watching it. Like the first 15, 20 minutes is like, oh, let's see how this is gonna work the rest of the film. But then it does it. It it starts to pick up steam once that courtship for me at least starts to happen. I I felt at home with the film, but it's still a slog at times. I saw some review being like, oh, they were behind such over-the-top green screen. Like, again, have you never watched The Monsters? (laughs) Like, you're lucky they weren't standing in front of a matte painting. Right? They probably just didn't want to pay someone to do that. (laughs) God, Um, a matte painting would be so expensive by today's standards of not having professionals and someone being like, you need me to do what now? Yeah. You're going to do what for your show? You know, my son can whip that up for you on his <laughs> iPad over there. <laughs> <laughs> Along the lines of having Daniel Roebuck commenting in two different ways in the same scene, I did like the little meta dig with Herman calling Zombo a seven at best, but he's a ten. Yeah. Since he was also Zombo. Mm-hmm. Also, Zombo's cool. a good pull. That's from an episode. From, yep. That, um, even, what was it, like, woof woof, there was, there's a couple of throwbacks to the show with, like, either toys or pets or, like, mm-hmm. like little spots from, yeah, from that character Zombo and stuff like that. Yeah, because there was an episode where Eddie, like, Eddie loves watching Zombo and ends up getting really upset when he finds out Zombo's yeah, an actor. just a regular ass dude. But that's the God, that's back. a classic 60s sitcom plot mm-hmm. line. Right. And it's because, like, yeah, I'm supposed to be idolized. I'm like, dad, instead of mm-hmm. just personality. Which, uh. that's, that's kind of the thing, too, about, I think, the show that fits at home with those 60s shows, too, is, like, it still had that heart at, at its core, you know? Mm-hmm. There's still a family, regardless of, like, Marilyn the Out cast <laughs> you know it's a it's like that it's, they're still an average family i get why he wanted to do a prequel and i get how the founding of the family is important but it does feel half done when you only have half the family at yeah the end mm-hmm. of it. yeah yeah and that's once again that's the only critique i would have is did he intentionally do that as a pure way of just setting up his entry into the show not his but you know the way the right. show was is formatted or did he have more in mind like hey if this works I this would be my chance to boom introduce these other two characters and everybody else along the line if I would decide to go that route I don't know for sure I say just like every year throw some money at him to do like an hour Halloween like a special, monster special. Yeah. that would be dope considering how much they've money they've thrown at Stranger Things this is <laughs> oh, and God. I'm not knocking Stranger no, Things no, no, either no, 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 but, but this you. would be such a small here Rob here's three million dollars which saying that sentence hurts my forty thousand dollar a year soul <laughs> right. but would be nothing 
for a company like Netflix. Oh no, that's that's kind of a drop in the bucket. Uh-huh. Though, yeah. At this point. Here, take this. People will watch. I would fucking watch it. Yeah. <laughs> And Rob, we, we don't need an hour and ten minutes this time. No, 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 no. Give no. us 60. That's all I That's all we need. That's, yeah, give me a Millennials watch Hocus Pocus every fucking year. <laughs> we are pretty down for tacky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun. You could even do, I mean, you know, whatever. If, if that became successful, crossovers and what have you. I would love to see Rob Zombie's Abbott and Costello meet. <laughs> <laughs> I <hate> the monsters. <laughs> I mean, just the pure fact that you have the, the Adams Family reboots and all that stuff. Yeah, especially because they have, with that oh man, that would break parts of the world to have an actual Monsters Adams Family. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's, it's a possibility, but who I'm not Because the they got that say. new Wednesday show dropped. Saying, which I have very say. mixed opinions about, but uh, I'm going to watch it. I've heard that the actress playing Wednesday is fucking spot on. Every actor looks perfect so far. I just, I watched a clip. There were a few things that I was like, I don't, that doesn't feel very. Putting her in a, in a spooky school seems to defeat the purpose. The point of the Adams family is the family. And in the clip I saw, she was pretty like, against she's in her spooky family, which, ho- Hogwarts, which I understand. She's a teenager. I don't, it's interesting because this one is almost too faithful to the, the original product. Well, that one, they don't seem overly devoted to the original beyond like, these are the characters. We're going to go do our own fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did either of you ever watch that 1313 Mockingbird Lane? The, the Brian Fuller uh, pilot that never got picked up. No, never I, read, I read about it, but no. no, I haven't watched it in several years. I actually really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's uh, Eddie I mean, Izzard, right? It yeah. Was in it. As grandpa. Now, that is a <laughs> wildly different take on the Munsters. If you wanted, like, a I like it. I like a dark a reboot of the Munsters, it's a, uh, that's what you're looking for. Well, Brian Fuller, too. Like, and, we have a history with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got him from, he did yeah, uh, some like, Star Trek, Dis- he helped uh, on Star Trek Discovery, and he did uh, so much good stuff Dead Like Me, yep. which I fucking loved, and Pushing Daisies, which I actually really fucking oh, loved. Oh, shit, here we go. So it was Jerry O'Connell as Herman Munster? Mm-hmm. What? He looked nothing like Herman. Portia de Rossi is Lily. Who is the uh, the sister from Arrested Development. Yeah. Charity Wakefield as Marilyn Munster? I don't the know if I should know that name. Oh, she looked familiar. Um, Mason Cook is Eddie Munster. And Eddie as Grandpa. That's awesome. Charity Wakefield... Uh, it also looked pretty high. Like, I remember the special wow. effects being pretty... I mean, not fancy special right, effects, but, but still. for the network TV it was on yeah, as well, which is... been interesting. And Fuller's vision on it, you know what? It would have been amazing. Even Fuller's stuff I don't like, I respect. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know, right? You know, hmm, that's interesting. No, it's still... I find that interesting. Yeah, well, and here, even after that, they actually announced another reboot of it and that's all that's ever happened <laughs> it's unfortunate well in the interview i read of rob that he like they talked to him like three times of like you want to maybe pitch for a monsters thing and like for this one he was like tell me yes or no and then never ask me again because like i can't keep doing this i i read that he at one time pitched an eddie monster like preschool kind of age Show what? 
Oh. Yeah, interestingly <laughs> enough, to like kind of reboot okay. something with the Munsters. Oh, just to get something going. Yeah, and it's like, here's an idea for, yeah, an Eddie Munster. I don't think it was probably going to be animated, mm-hmm. you know, be cartoonish for kids. But here's something I found this is interesting. This is more or less with the, the raven that comes out of the cuckoo clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mel Blanc voiced that <laughs> character. Well, we talked about Mel Blanc because... That's amazing. He was Bugs Bunny yeah. in Transylvania 65000 was pulled straight from the, that. Well, Mel Blanc was like half the Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. but it's just that, what a fucking weird connection and to all of this, once again. God, he was like the god of voice acting wild. for a yeah. while there. It truly, like, mm-hmm. Mel Blanc revolutionized oh, voice acting. Wow. wow, that's wild. Okay. Yeah. Direct. I don't think I don't think I knew that he was. No, I'm just looking at this. It's like wow, yeah, that's wow, that's fucking wild. But that's a direct link straight back to the films we've been reviewing. (laughs) I think more than anything with this flick, I'm hoping that when we get done recording this episode, that I'll be able to do a search and find that there is a full version of Disco Vampire somewhere. That's all I want. (laughs) (laughs) I was. I was. Pleasantly surprised with that. I was like, this is actually kind of catchy. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> Pretty funny. Oh my God, Orlock's the worst. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I think if you're just looking for like a... Just a, a film to have fun with and not think too much, it's not bad. It's I not think if film. you had shown me this movie as a kid, I would be much more open to horror than I am. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is the kind of horror I enjoy, which is, it's not horror at all. Yeah, it just campy. has some of the campy atmosphere yeah. to it, which is what I can get into for, like, TV yeah, horror. Okay. Yeah, um, and it's made me want to do more of the Universal Monster stuff. and the They're fun. They're good. Yeah. Just, Yo, I would recommend, and you actually see a, clip of it for mm. about two seconds in this movie the mummy yeah mm-hmm. i think the mummy is top grade the universal OG mummy, man. OG mummy is progressive as it's fuck. great i just think the mummy is a very not dangerous opponent no i think it's and we uh, agree with you right. <laughs> it's it's more or less his character more so than mm-hmm. his the actual no no absolutely itself. yeah mm-hmm. Well, and like over on New Byland, the other podcast that we're not really crossovering with, but two of the three hosts are here anyways. I don't know how we, uh, it'd be possible to do a crossover. We can talk someday. Uh, uh, but we're going, as I said, we're going through vampire stuff. Like I've got the Dracula episode next week. Mm. We've got Werewolf by Night stuff coming up. We've got yeah. possibly a Frankenstein's monster episode. And this has made me really excited to dive into that kitschy shit. I say that in the nicest possible way, but like, so I appreciate it for that. But if you're going in and again, what did you think was happening? It's the monsters, but the people who are going in going like, it's going to be a fucking hardcore gore. No, it's not. That's not not, shut your brain off. Maybe have like a game on your phone, like Wordle or something. Mm -hmm. If you need to, but like, I mean, we, as I met brought up to both of you off mic in the past week, like it's wild that I've been seeing reviews for this movie that are both 10 out of 10 and zero out of 10 yeah, for the, for the exact same reasons. Yeah. And it's that it's what it is. And some people just 
it's aren't on board for that. To borrow <laughs> over to Kevin Smith again, it's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. As a movie, it has a lot of flaws that I 100% agree with. But it's a passion project that people that I appreciate was made for all of the people who made it. And it's probably going to go into my retinue of I'm sewing or leather crafting or whatever crafty shit I'm up to. And I want something on the TV that like I can stop paying attention to for a while and come back in and still have it yeah. be fun. Mm-hmm. It will probably enter that rotation. That's a solid point. I think that's a good way of looking at it too. Just from something while I'm cooking dinner crazy. or yeah. whatever. Like also like if you want to get kids hooked on Rob Zombie young. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna that and dream. honestly, the song Dragula. Yeah, like yeah. it really does. Again, yeah, I'm not even a metal guy either, but man, I fucking listen to Dragula non fucking stop. I don't even song. know where I got it from. It was. I think that's. I mean, I could be wrong, but but I'll speak for myself. It's like that was actually my entry into Rob Zombies with White Zombie like, mm-hmm. before he even did any film. So I was already. I already knew who yeah. he was. Yeah, same here. I was like, cool, wait, Rob Zombie's making it's movies? Like, All right. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, cool, what is it? I think if you're in your mid-30s or higher, yeah. that's definitely where yeah. I'm going oh, yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, I don't... Be. I remember like, being Thunder like... Kiss 65. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, he's making a movie? Man, it's going to be brutal as hell. I'm just going to go watch this instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I feel like, yeah, that's... That's a good point. This could be a good entry if you don't want to see a mm-hmm. hardcore fucking Rob Zombie movie. I think if you don't want to start with uh, Devil's Rejects. Right. Jesus, Murphy. Yeah, like any of them. Like House, any of them. Lords of Sandlin, any of them. <laughs> 31, none of them. I could see I'm him very to... easily being like, I need the bloodiest, <laughs> goriest movie I can possibly make after making that. Like, loved it, but... <laughs> what yeah, would... but I mean, yeah, it's more of a passion. Time to go back to my roots. What would the ramp up be? Like, after this... Would be like Lords of Salem is like the next Tamus. Yeah, arguably, arguably, yeah, that's a solid point. I would say arguably. Yeah. So if there, <laughs> if there was a sequel made, like we were talking about, yeah, obviously meeting Marilyn would be a part of it. But like, what would you do next? Would you do like the birth of Eddie, or would you skip forward to when he's a couple? I think you could montage it, perhaps. I think if you're going to do more than one, then you might as well make it three. And this so, one, Birth of Eddie. And then so like, the second one yeah, could be like, like pregnant with Eddie and like Marilyn coming into the family. Mm-hmm. And then the third one would maybe be like a slight and, you know, end it with like the birth of Eddie. Mm-hmm. And then That's the third one thinking, do like a slight ones. time jump. And you have just like, like Eddie like him right and, like, before the series or even yeah. technically during the series. Yeah, like a kindergarten like grade school Eddie for a mm-hmm. third one was... Everyone loves a trilogy. I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I was wondering, too, like, how much would you want to, like, interject parts of old episodes into this right. version, too? Just, you know, it's just for fans of the series. You don't have to do a full out. If they follow up, those only need to be an hour long, Rob. <laughs> right, right, right. Just make them specials or whatever episodes. Or whatever. Eighty tops, eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say good. up to ninety is fine, but like, yeah, anything longer than that's like I, you kind of pulling me out, man. In fairness to Rob, a lot of directors have started doing this ever since movies and TV shows have been going to streaming, and sometimes it's fucking great, and sometimes. You just don't need a 30, you know, however long. Oh, no. There's a lot of movies out there that are way too long Jesus, these days. We've talked about that. 
fucking knock it off. <laughs> like, I love watching movies. But, man. Fucking knock it off. Not everybody well, has time for that. And, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I have trouble sitting down and watching a movie anymore, even though I'll watch, like, ten episodes of a TV show. Yeah. But I can stop that TV show at any point, and it's easy enough for me to get in. If I leave in the middle of a movie, at you least for me, it's always been hard to go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, unless I'm picking it up within, like, the next 24 yeah. hours, then... Any any longer than that, you start forgetting shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's been a couple times where it's like, I started this way too late, I'm finishing it tomorrow. But no, I've done that, <laughs> I've done that several times. And it's usually the first time through on a film. I don't know if I have too much more on this No, thing. I'm pretty much set. No, I, um... I don't know, I, you know, honestly, I didn't know what to expect going in. Like, you know... But uh, I had fun with it. Like, I had fun. We'll put it that way. I, it was fun to revisit the old show and seeing how it inspired Rob and perhaps why he did it the way he did. Like, so it was probably more of a passion project just to get it out of the fucking way. And I feel like everybody probably had a good time on set with it because uh, it kind of shows in the performances. I'd give it like a solid B. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was well done. I don't you think it's tell- terrible by it's any just- stretch. It's not revolutionary, but again, no. it wasn't ever going to be. I mean, it's one of those films that, in a weird sense, is kind of perfect in the sense that it's exactly it's what it's trying it wants to, to be. be. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're already a fan of the show, you're going to be a fan of this. Are you? At least I would imagine you would be. What do we have coming up, respectively, on each show? <laughs> we have not discussed it, and I realized that once we started we recording. Oh shit! That's right, because our next one is going to be our next Patreon yeah. episode. And it's going to be our next in our look backs. Dude, that's gonna be so fun. we're going to get to revisit the Bob Duke. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Which is, is that fantastic. just what your Patreon episodes are? Just rewatches? Yeah, because we're like 270 episodes this in now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So some of the some of the films we haven't watched in since Six we started. Years, yeah. No, that's fair. You know, that's actually kind of an advertisement I kind of want to toss in. If you're coming in from General Nerdy, you like horror, please check out Fried Squirms. There are 275 episodes, <laughs> uh, so there's plenty of you there. If you're Fried Squirms, have never listened to us and thought this yes. was kind of fun, we plan our shit terribly, so it's kind of fun to see what'll happen. But we're coming up on 100 episodes over that's with awesome. us, that's awesome. so... There's plenty for all of you. I have really apologized for anything Dom I might have said in those first, like, especially like the first 20. But It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. <laughs> and if you're interested in both, I sincerely hope you like the sound of my voice because that adds <laughs> up to uh, hundreds and hundreds right? of hours of God. me being the wow. linking. Tossing Noob Island and word balloons. Wow, there is dude. just so you much Tyler in the world. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's going to be fun, though. The lookbacks have been a good time. Bob Duke is a fucking fantastic movie anyway. Another it's just divisive film. And you know what? It's creepy as shit, but it's one that I would recommend even to people who aren't normally into horror because of, Likewise. like, the emotional side of it, the allegorical side of it. So that's going to be great. Fuck, we're going to have to talk about what we're doing next. <laughs> it's going to be something. I've got a whole list on my phone. It's just, it's been that day. <laughs> Agreed. It's been that day. But for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. I'm Danny. We don't have right a combined. We, we didn't think this was dismissed. <laughs> Fry <Fries> worms out. <laughs> <laughs>